One of the things I love about our liturgical year is that it parallels what's going on in the world of nature. Just as we see the cold air now ushering in the end of the growing season and the earth so quickly turning barren and brown, so too our thoughts and prayers here in the liturgy shift as well to the end of time. We're encouraged to not only think about our final end in death and the end of the world, but all about the endings that we experience throughout life. So for three weeks now, we will be having parables that prepare us for our encounter with Christ at the end of our lives. And so we ask ourselves, what is the focus of our lives as we are waiting for the end? What do we have that will accompany us and sustain us through our lives' many twists and turns? The burning question in life for the early Christians was, when is Jesus going to return at the end of time? They thought for sure that it was going to be in their very own lifetimes. Well, here it is, 2,000 years later, since his death and resurrection, and we're still waiting. We have no idea when he is going to return, but we know that he is going to return. Because we don't know when he's going to return, it's easy to grow lax and to live in any old way, the ways of the world. So in the midst of this long wait for Jesus, for all of us, the gospel writers, Matthew in particular, when he wrote his gospel, remembered this parable that Jesus told in his lifetime about the wise and foolish virgins. The high point in the wedding celebration would have been when the groom, accompanied by his relatives, went to the family home of the bride to bring her back to his home for the wedding ceremony that went on for days and days. They didn't go out okay, for a honeymoon, okay, like for a week or so. But they stayed at the home and then celebrated for days and days. But in our gospel today, the groom is delayed, and we don't know why. We do know that according to the custom of the time, the groom would be negotiating for the bride with her father, and her family, bartering at length, would have been considered a compliment and a sign that the bride was indeed treasured and priceless. So finally, the groom arrives to take his bride back to his home. And they're going to have to go back across the village Now it's late, midnight, well past darkness. And they would always take the longest route possible and have this procession. There, of course, were no street lights in those days, no LED lights. To travel in darkness would have been perilous. You could not even go out 
In those days, it was forbidden unless you had an oil lamp. So if you're going to take a long journey across town, you better have plenty of oil in your lamp. And of course, the final line in the parable is most abrupt, final, and sobering. Then the door was locked, not just closed, but locked. You can hear almost the door slamming the bolt clicking into place. Reminds me when I used to go to the prison up in the Marion Correctional Institute and they would close the gates behind me. It was shattering, you know, just the hearing those gates close. So they've missed the opportunity. They've squandered their time. They did not have the required oil, those virgins. Had they been productive during the groom's delay, they would not have ended up in such dire circumstances. As with all these parables that Jesus tells, they're stacked with meaning. Yes, this is a story about a wedding celebration. Celebration, of course, is about the end time, but it's about something else as well. As there's something to do for us about the church and the members of the church today. There's this matter of the delay of what we call the parousia, which is symbolized by our waiting for the bridegroom. Everything else is ready for the wedding. Only the bridegroom is missing. So how do we live our lives with this great delay? The parable is clearly a warning to live our lives with watchfulness and prudent preparation. You know, if a hurricane is coming, we don't worry about that here too much, but let's say an ice storm is coming. We're getting ready for winter now. You know the electricity is going to be out for 10 days or more. You might want to get a generator, right, to tide you over and have enough fuel for it. With these bridegrooms, we're facing dire circumstances to get their bride to her destination. Five were wise and five were not. So how do we get to our destination that we're all on the way to while we are waiting? And like the parable in life, some wait wisely, And some wait foolishly. The key is, what does the oil stand for? The oil's the key to waiting wisely. The oil is the divine life that is given to us in our baptism that we're meant to keep alive. It stands for prayer. It stands for the sacraments that nourish us stands for the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, which are, of course, the the spiritual, which, of course, is um, the spiritual gift of love. These are the ways that we keep the, the life of Jesus alive and vibrant in us.
This is the well-stocked lamp. The wise waiters are the ones who practice these things. This is what we say in our baptismal rite, rite, rite. The light of faith that's given to us, that light that's lit from the Paschal candle, we are to, be, we are to keep it burning brightly all during our lives. The foolish ones let it ebb and die. So how do we keep the oil stock praying? Praying every day, praying like we are here tonight. Receiving the sacraments regularly, Eucharist, reconciliation. How seriously do we try to grow in our faith? Take advantages of those opportunities. Spiritual reading can encourage you enough to take advantage of the opportunities we give you in the parish, like signing up for programs like Alpha. We're just finishing the first Alpha program. It's been incredibly successful. The people who are taking it love it. Sign up for the next one that we're going to have in January. We have three of them that are going to start in January. Do you practice the corporal and spiritual works of mercy? This is the way that we love every day. The sobering truth is that the divine life can go out. We have to attend to it when the Master comes. Finally, when the Master comes, the foolish virgins say to the wise ones, give us some of your oil. And they say, no, we can't. We can't do that. It sounds like so cruel. But it isn't cruel. You can't give to another person what you've cultivated in your life. If I've worked on my health in my life, I can't give you my health, can I? No, I can't do that. You have to cultivate your health. We are waiting for the bridegroom through a long night in our lives. How do we wait? That's the parable this night.